Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. I am going to do my best to describe this film because it is just such a remarkable story and I do not want to... Uh, short-shifted in any way, but this is a remarkable documentary called The Search for Sugar Man is a story of a obscure semi-rock legend in many ways, made two albums that were critically acclaimed that went virtually nowhere in terms of sales. He disappears into obscurity, and by virtue of some kind of almost happenstance and a challenge to a journalist, he's rediscovered to have been a superstar in the country of South Africa. The filmmaker, Malik Benjalou, somehow, someway, and we're going to find out in just a second, got a hold of this story and this individual, Rodriguez, and tells an amazing story, an amazing story, well told, about this remarkable man. Not only is he an amazing musician, but a remarkable human being as well. We're joined today on Film School by the director of Search for Sugar Man, Malik Benjalou, welcome to Film School. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I had such a good time with this film. And I'm going to ask you the obvious question, and it's really the heart of this film in so many ways. How did you come to know about Rodriguez? How did you, how did you get involved with this project? And did you have any idea when you started that this was going to take you on this amazing journey? Right, no, I didn't. I, I used to do shorter stuff for TV, I, like seven minute stories. And after working, doing that for a few years, I quit my job and I went out traveling like, for six months with a camera in Africa and South America looking for stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, just scouting for stories, asking people, like, what's the best story you ever heard? And stuff like that. And in Cape Town, I met Sugar. The detective, the guy who later discovered that right. Rodriguez was alive, right. and he told me the story, and I was like, "Wow, this is the best story I think I ever heard in my life." <laughs> it's like this beautiful story, and um, but, no, I had no clue that it would well, well, become what it has become. Well, Malik, tell us. I, I, I tried to, in, in the introduction to sort of give some overview, and I think I mean basically, I, I think I got it right. Basically, he made two albums disappeared kind of an kind of an odd character from the get-go in terms of well odd that's not the right way to put it he was an artist always was and seems always will be an artist but he had a certain vision rodriguez did uh and he wasn't really going to compromise right 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 yeah i mean he made his two albums in the early 70s so great anticipation the producers of those albums were at the same time working with Marvin Gaye and Steve Wonder and Temptations and the Supremes. And they, you know, they knew what a good song was like and what a good artist was like and, and what it took to make it big. And they knew, they knew that it was going to be massive. They, they thought this was the, the best album they ever made. I mean, it's yeah. better than those guys. They, they, they thought it was on, a, on a, the same level as Bob Dylan, literally, yeah. on a, the same level as Bob Dylan. Yeah. And, and um, the album was released and... and the result is the absolute opposite. It sells nothing. I mean, it sells remarkably few copies. I mean, like, like less than a hundred. Yeah. Which is, you know, even though 
a flock, so maybe a thousand, but he didn't even show, you know, it was an extreme failure, and, and he made another attempt in the album, and the same result. Now, album shows no radio play, and he, after trying twice, says, well, obviously, they don't want to hear my songs, I, I better find something else to do. And he starts to work in, you know, you need to support himself, and, and he starts to work in construction in Detroit. He, he does roofing and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah, tough and work. That's the situation for really hard manual labor, yeah. Yeah, really hard. yeah hard and labor. That, that's the Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. But, so, but, so, what, sorry, sorry, we just did some short delay, maybe that's what you know. Yeah, so basically that was the situation the situation for for uh, almost 30 years. Um, he works as a construction worker and doesn't know that somehow this album gets to South Africa, this album called Cold Fact. And in South Africa, Cold Fact becomes as famous as Abbey Road. Yes. It really becomes one of the greatest artists of all time. I mean, <laughs> he becomes a phenomenon. Everybody knows him. Everybody knows his albums. And, and everybody knows his songs. And, and, and he even becomes so important character. He becomes the voice of the anti-establishment in a country oppressed by apartheid. You can't express yourself against apartheid because you will get thrown into jail. And, and Rodriguez is the one who says, no, you should. You should actually do something about this situation. You can do something. You can use music. This is song called Establishment Blues. And in, in that song, songs, he thinks the, the system is kind of full to, to an angry young tune. Yeah. And he made people think that maybe, yeah, he's right. Maybe we're going to make those, those tunes that, that we're going to bring down the government. And that's actually what happened. Yeah. He was the, the first spark that inspired the right to the Malik, this, Malik, it just it, it's it. You couldn't. I know they say this about great documentaries. Great, this you couldn't make this story up. It, it, and I mean, the idea that he's living doing construction work, the most kind of I say demeaning, but certainly most difficult kind of hard labor that you could maybe find to do, uh, laboring in obscurity, maintaining this kind of artistic sensibility, raising uh, a family with three daughters. Uh, beautiful, amazingly intelligent. I mean, just he—he's just this remarkable human being. I mean, it's one part of the story to to sort of this incredible popularity that he enjoyed in a country that he knew nothing about in terms of what was going on with his music. But his this other part of his life, which he lived this exemplary life on the other side of it. I mean. Those two tracks of this story, of this documentary, are are just w- what kicks this thing into a completely different gear in terms of the uh, the the level of who this person is and the the mystery surrounding him. It's just uh, what was the most difficult part of in terms of? I mean, you spent. I uh, my understanding is correct me if I'm wrong. You spent four years working on this film. Three of which you weren't getting paid anything. You were just doing it because you felt so compelled to do so. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, that's, that's correct. I I I just fell in love with the story, and I, I, in the end, I, I had to finish. I couldn't get any money, and I wanted to finish the movie. So I, I used all my my savings, and I started to borrow money from people like and stuff that you shouldn't do because I mean it's stupid. You don't know if the film is going to succeed, and then you if, you if it fails, you're sitting there and you have debts, and you you completely ruined. 
So, so I would recommend it to everybody. But I, I couldn't stop because I, I, I felt that the story, it was so beautiful. It was really by far the most incredible story I, I, I had heard in my life. And I, I thought that I will never hear a better story. I'd better do this one uh, in the proper way. And, and needs, this story needs someone who yeah. actually spent some time to tell it in the right way because... You can you can screw it up. You can you can make you can have the best story ever, and you can still make a lousy movie. And I, I really didn't want to do that. I really wanted to, to try to make a film that was almost as that it's almost as good as story, because the story was crazy. I mean, the scale of it that you have a man living on a in a, at the construction work at the same time he is the superstar. He's you know he is as big as literally as big as, as the Rolling Stones. And doesn't know about it. I mean, yes, that little part of the story, the, the, the beginning of it, is like, how can it be? How, can it ever happen again? No, I guess it can't yeah. happen again. Now we have the internet and everything. There aren't any mysteries like this anymore. But that was, you know, and, and we're only talking about the first part. And the second part, which I really think you should go see, it's kind of a, um, it's a kind of surprise. You shouldn't tell too much because it's, it's kind of a, the second part, is, uh, you know, a big, big, big climax in the film. Yeah, uh, I'm. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I said search. I meant searching for Sugar Man. I apologize. I, I'm. I, I. My. My mistake. I. What did you say? I think I. I may have said it incorrectly. And I. Well, let's just get it right. Searching for Sugar Man is the name of the documentary. <laughs> right. uh, if. If I was. If I think I said it uh, incorrectly the first time. But anyway, th this is one thing that I found with documentaries. I'm really been very enamored with and fell just fell in love with is there's almost always a backstory about the making of the the documentary something about the subject matter the the sort of the daunting gauntlet of things that someone has to do to over to overcome them as a filmmaker to make this story uh, come to life and yours certainly seems to fit into that mold of of that let me ask you when you knew you were going to meet Rodriguez what was what was your sort of level of expectation or anxiety going into a meet him someone you've never I assume you talked to him before you met him obviously you had but meeting him and then what was your reaction in when you're doing that interview it, with him what was that sort of emotional kind of feeling that you were you were experiencing in those first moments or as as you got to know him a little bit tell me a little bit about that for you before I met him, everybody talked about him. He was a very, very private man that I wouldn't mm -hmm. really, probably wouldn't even reach. I mean, you, 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 people told me that I'm probably not going to get an interview at all because he doesn't do that sort of thing. And at this time, it was pretty much the truth. He was very reluctant when I first came to him. And he said, now we can, I'm really sorry, but I am a singer. I'm not a film star. You won't get me to do those <laughs> things that you ask me to because, you know, that's not the way I am. I, I can't trust it. And it really couldn't. It wasn't like he was trying to, to be difficult. There was that to reality. He wasn't a member with a lot of integrity. And, and I was worried that maybe it would work because as a filmmaker, you want to have alternative versions and you want to do a lot of interviews and you want to, you know, really try out to find, to find a way to tell the story. And that when we really finally actually did give an interview, which I was very, very grateful that he did because he didn't, you ever promised me that from the start, but when it did, it was pretty short, and it was pretty, you know, the answers was pretty short, and, and then it was over, and then mm -hmm. he said, no, it happened, and, and 
thank you. And, <laughs> and it was only maybe, you know, 15 minutes or something. Normally you do an interview for maybe two hours. Yeah. And and I was worried that maybe this won't work. Maybe this is not enough. But then when you saw the material, it, yeah, it was beautiful. And also the, that he was this private man. And, she, you know, he should remain the one who he is. He is a private man with a lot of integrity. And that's also part of why maybe why the story happened. Maybe this is part of... It- you know, he was, you know, he was actually living in a house without a telephone, and that may be part of the reasons why he didn't know about his fame. So, so it kind of became pretty, it turned out beautiful, I, I think, in the end. It, yeah, it really works. I mean, I say it really works. It sounds like I have some, some kind of Hollywood producer. It works exactly the way, that's the great thing about Searching for Sugar Man, is that it works exactly the way it should. He is a humble man who is very self-possessed. He understands his artistic vision with for himself he's not really going to compromise it and he's lived his life that way and uh, you know i i i thought I, there's just a lot of different levels uh to this story uh there's obviously the the detective story that's involved with finding him the sort of the mythology that's grow up around uh him uh how he died all those kinds of things the political impact he had on this uh, burgeoning anti-apartheid movement uh, and his own life, his own sort of very dedicated man to the things that were important. And it's, I just was curious in asking you the question about your reaction. I mean, dis- disappointment, I mean, you know, or it wouldn't have been, I, I wouldn't have thought it would have been a reaction. Maybe kind of, is this going to work because he's not the kind of guy that wants to be in front of a camera? But apparently, he seemed to be fine once he got in front of, especially in front of a crowd of people with his guitar. He seemed to be very, very, very comfortable. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that he takes it so easy when he gets on stage. He never performed to basically to anybody. I mean, he gets stage in front of thousands and thousands of people. Yeah. And he has find in a very natural, you know, it becomes very easy for him and he sings to a song and he, and he you know and why I think why maybe I mean if, he, if you're that good if you're that good I mean if you're, he's real you know an artist and if you are, you are an artist then you actually know how to do these sort of things mm-hmm. it's just inside you you know all those years when he didn't perform in Detroit where he was living and no one asked him to, to play he was still carrying a guitar on his back because you know he, he wasn't harnessed, and and that was who he was. He, he, he I heard him say in YouTube, someone asked him about how it was to be a roofer, and he said, "I did roofing. It's not the same thing as being a roofer." <laughs> I think he, 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 he didn't particularly identify himself. With, uh, he has no, you know, he, he likes doing that, and he has no problem with doing that. But, but yeah. if someone is that good. Then you, you can't you can you can't take that away from someone. He, he actually is an artist. He's a he's a, he's a, real, a real artist. He really is an artist in in the in a sense that I think has been perverted uh, for most people over the, the last the, in the age of internet and twenty four hour coverage of all of our celebrities. It's perverted the the term uh, the art an artist to to be someone who knows how to get in front of a camera as opposed to actually being able to pr- to produce art, 
And uh, and I have, right. and I and by the way, we're speaking with uh, Malik Benjaloo, the director of Searching for Sugar Man. It is in theaters here now in Orange County, and it's all over Southern California. Uh, to playing to what I can only assume very happy crowds of people seeing the film. Uh, I want to I want to tell you that for me going in knew the story knew the backstory went into sat down in a theater and I was amazed at the level of quality in the music itself. You never know. I mean, these things the, you you just don't know. I'd never heard his music before. Never heard it before I sat down in that theater, and. You cannot help right, but be immediately right. taken with the quality. I mean, it's a sound. It's. I mean, I heard it described as kind of a mix of a little Bob Dylan, a little Nick Drake, a little James Taylor. And I think those are all fairly appropriate references, but it's also a sound onto itself. It's a sound of him. Um, what was your reaction when you heard his... When did you first hear his music? I heard his music after his story, and I kind of I knew that it can't be as good as they say. I mean, they, they, they thought they were exaggerating. But when I heard it, I was like, no, but you're right. I mean, it was, because I thought they were fans, you know. Yeah. They're fans, there are fans for everything. There are fans for, for, you know, Austrian disco. Or, you know, you never know what music is actually going to be like. What's the music going to be like when, <laughs> when you hear it? But then you realize, no, it wasn't really fans. It, it was really a general view of, of this music in South Africa. There was a guy who told me a few weeks ago that he had a, a South African guy who told me that he had a conversation with an American about something completely different. And then they, he said, uh, oh, that would be like imagine the 70s without Stones, Doors, and Rodriguez. Yeah. And the American was like, what? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> you know, I, I know the first two ones, but what, what, are, you, what are you talking about? And that was who he was in South Africa. They, they still talk about him in the same breath as they talk about those, you know, pantheon of, of rock gods. He, he's up there. He's up there among the, the big ones. Well, and, and maybe that's where he belongs. You know, maybe the quality is that high. Maybe the South African perception is actually the accurate one. Well... What for me one of the most touching parts of the film I'm getting I'll get a little emotional even talking about it was the opening to the concert that he gave the first concert and that extended ovation right. was what I mean it's 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 amazing it's an amazing story an amazing and it, and again I I really think that for people who are wondering whether to go see it there's so many levels of discovery in the film and, and including as I just said Who's heard his music? Nobody. It sold a hundred records. Nobody in America. Nobody I know had ever heard of this guy. And then you go to hear it, yeah, and you know, I mean, and it and it and it it, it 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 really delivers on all of the levels that you would hope it would. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Sure. I mean, the, the, the concert. If you think about it, I mean, I, I, has it ever been some some more beautiful concert ever? If you think about what actually is happening on, on that stage, we have a man who the whole auditorium of thousands of people they know he's dead. I mean, yeah. they know it's this is literally like Elvis Presley coming back from from the dead. Right. And and for him, he doesn't. He thinks he's going to perform to twenty people. He, 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 a few months earlier, he didn't even know that he had an audience at all. And he comes, and it's a, and it's a sold-out stadium. <laughs> it's a yeah. sold-out stadium. Well, well and... and he, there's one occasion, he, 
No, no, please. I'm just going to say, and and for many in that audience, as you as they speculated, this might be a hoax. I mean, for all the you know. Yes. They, go ahead. They think it's a hoax. They think that it, that it's come, you know. They need the, the first the, the ticket sales is very slow because they say no, 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 no. It's a serious ban. It's a hoax. It's 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 someone. It's someone. It's an impersonator. Oh, really? No, no. He died twenty years ago. No, no, no. This is not even. But what happens at the concert? A few times he forgot. He forgets the words of those songs. He hasn't sung. He hasn't sang those songs for thirty years. Who can blame him? You know, of course yeah. he doesn't remember every single word. But it doesn't matter because you know, five thousand people he know every single syllable, and they sing the songs for him. Yeah. He has stands there listening to his his own songs. Yeah. And, you know, sang by. Uh, it must have been electric for for all concerned, for yourself and for his family, his daughters who were there with him, and all the people that have been, you know, he's been so supportive of over the years for asking nothing but their, their love in return. And to have them to be able to be with him during that uh, concert must have been just a, a remarkable moment for them as a family. Um, what What has been the reaction... Uh, in your home country of Sweden, to this film? It's opening in one week, actually. Oh, so okay. people haven't seen it yet. Okay. It's, um, but it, we had some reviews saying, the movie of the year, and that's what that. <laughs> so I hope it's going to be good. We've only seen a few reviews. We're going to see more next week. See what happens. Well... Well, I unfortunately... I Really, I mean, unfortunately, we're out of time. Uh, I... Well, I love this film... Uh, it's uh, Searching for Sugar Man uh, and uh, all the best. I'd definitely be by your TV on uh, Academy Award morning. I shouldn't even say that. I don't want to jinx you, but but it's uh, it's certainly one of the best documentaries uh, that anyone will see this year. Uh, and uh, just so um, I really thank you for taking the time. I've been I've been searching for Malik for a few weeks now. I was glad, so glad we were able to finally connect and uh, and make this happen here on Film School. A continued success. I hope you've got some other projects and uh, working on for you in the future. Are you Are you working on anything? Yeah, yet? I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm trying to to write that. Uh, see what happens. <laughs> it's. it's uh... It's hard to find a story that is better than this one. You know, yeah. you never do that. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand it, but you, but uh, I don't know if I've said this enough. Not only we talked so much about the story. This is a very well put together uh, documentary. Very well, the editing, the music, everything about it is is exceptional. In addition to being a remarkable story, it's an exceptionally well made film. So my congratulations to you, and please come back again when you've done something, uh, another film, or just feel like dropping by. I'd love to talk to you some more about it. So um, all the best. Thank you. Thank you very very much. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.